reading from the first chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, beginning with verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to a Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was raised to be unable to conceive, and she who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This last, I guess, I don't know, what do you call this, in the COVID period of the church, I've been reading to you from a newer version of the New International Version of the Bible than, than what I read in my own personal time. And I've been reading it because it's written at a sixth grade reading level, is what they claim, so... Um, And I've been using that because we're kind of more public than we normally are, and you're hoping that people who might not be familiar with the Scriptures would, you know, log in and see our Facebook feed and maybe watch and and come to understand a little bit more about what it is that all of we odd Christians believe. And this version does some nice things to clear up some things that might be uncertain about what in the world is happening there. Like, for instance, if I had used a different version, it would have just said, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. It wouldn't have explained that it was in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. And if you don't know the whole story, then you wouldn't have any idea who in the world is this Elizabeth person, right? Well, Elizabeth was related to Mary. And her husband was a priest named Zechariah who served at the temple and it just happened to be that it was his family's year to serve at the temple. 
at the time that Jesus was to be announced, or about six months beforehand. And Zechariah was met by an angel who told him that his wife would conceive, and they didn't believe it. But there, there is the promise fulfilled that in the sixth month of a barren woman's pregnancy, the word came to Mary, a virgin, that she would bear a child who would be the Son of God. It seems impossible, doesn't it? But I'm certain that for Elizabeth, pregnancy seemed impossible. Maybe even as impossible as Sarah. You might remember who was Abraham's wife. An angel of the Lord promised a similar thing to Sarah and Abraham that she would conceive and they laughed because they were 90 years old. But Sarah conceived and a whole people were born, the people of Israel, the children of Abraham. And the angel says that all of this, at least in this more modern version, is because for no word from God will ever fail. I like that because it frees it from sports. It frees it from the NFL and from celebrities who like to say all things are possible with God when it's the one thing that they want to happen, right? If somebody says, well, you're not going to win this Super Bowl this year, the star quarterback might say, well, all things are possible with God. Because what they want to say is that anything glorious that we might achieve, we can achieve it because we want to achieve it, and then we can say that God gave it to us even if it's only glorious for us. And people quote that, and they quote Paul saying that... Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And they quote it out of context. Because they want glory for themselves. I have never met a person who didn't secretly want to be popular, didn't secretly want to be wealthy, didn't secretly want to be famous, didn't secretly want some sort of glory for themselves. I have met people who claim to not be that person, but ultimately in every single case that I could think of, that person ended up being a liar like me. I would love to be able to tell you that I've never wanted my own glory, but it's absolutely and totally not true. Even times when I've received accolades for this work, sometimes I have forgotten to pass that glory on to God. Because we want people to affirm us and affirm who we are and how wonderful we are and how wonderful the things that we achieve are. And we forget that what we really are are instruments of God's grace and glory. That the talents we have, that any gifts we might have, even any wealth we might have is ultimately meant for God's glory and not our own. So we could wrestle the angels' words out of the hands of the NFL and Major League Baseball for a little while and let them sit where they're supposed to be in a small room, in a small house, in a farming village of 200 people, in the company of a woman who meant nothing to anyone other than her parents. 
a 12 to 14 year old who was viewed as property and an opportunity for a dowry, but who was probably loved. 12 to 14 year old girl with nothing, no special gifts that we could imagine. And an angel appears to her and said, You have found favor. God has favored you. God has looked upon you and chosen you for a task. That's what to be favored means. I know that today it's been twisted by the Word of Faith movement and everybody from T.J. Jakes to Mr. Furtick and others who like to say that being favored means that wealth is coming down the channel for us, but it's not what it means at all. What being favored by God means is that God has a task for us. That God has a purpose for us to accomplish. That God is going to do something through us for someone else. If you were to look at this and say, Mary is favored and so Mary is going to be successful and rich and have a car with blessed written across the back windshield, you would be entirely wrong. For the full shape of Mary's blessing is that one day she will see her firstborn son nailed to a tree and scorned and mocked and watch him suffocate under the weight of his own body. She was favored for that purpose. To bring that child into the world. A child who would ultimately be killed by the world he came to save. That's what favor sometimes looks like. Paul said that we're favored when we're allowed to suffer and be joined to Christ's suffering. What is it that we might be called to? What suffering on behalf of others might we be called to? In this season of Christmas cards trimmed in gold and Mary's perpetual blue garment and all of the things that are glitzy and glamorous, it's easy to forget the ugliness of this story and the hurt that is present in it. Even when an angel comes and says to a young woman engaged, you will be with child, but not from your husband. She's set up to be ridiculed and scorned and kicked out of her home, possibly even stoned. But Mary believed the angel's word that no word from God will fail. That with God, all things are possible. You ever heard that phrase? Next time you see it on a sports poster or see some football player or a comedian say it or some politician say it, throw something at your TV. It's what it deserves, putting that mess in your life. What this is really about is the purposes of God being fulfilled. This angel comes not to glorify Mary or prop her up as a hero of the faith. He comes to invite her into something that is world-changing and reality-shaking. But invite might be too strong of a word. Because if we read it carefully, what really happens is the angel tells her what will happen. He doesn't ask her if it's okay. 
but he tells her what God has in mind for her and presents it as a blessing. And Mary says, how can this be possible since I am a virgin? And what does the angel say? All things are possible with God. And wrapped up in all of this promise is the idea today that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And if the church is honest, then we might look around into the world and say, where is this peace that's coming? And not dismiss it. During this coming Christmas season that begins on Christmas Eve, maybe we should ponder the thought, where is this peace that has been promised? Where is the fullness of Christ's kingdom? When will it come? And maybe in its absence, we would become more desirous of seeing it happen. And then, and then maybe, then maybe, we might hear a call to be instruments of God's peace in the same way that Mary was to bear Christ into the world. To hold up His promise. To look for His coming. And to begin to be that peace ourselves. If nothing is impossible with God, If nothing is impossible with God, including the conception of a son by a virgin, if nothing is impossible with God, then that must mean that the peace that God promises through Christ is possible. Do you see the logic there? And if that peace is possible, it must mean that it can begin as we submit ourselves to God's will for us. God's will for Mary is that she would bear the Christ child into the world. God's will for us, church, is that we would continue to lift up Christ before the world. And as we do that, there will be peace. Not might be peace. There will be peace. Because that is what the Word of God has promised. That peace is not only possible, but peace is coming. Not the peace of human beings that can be broken in a moment, but the peace of an eternal God that is a new heaven and a new earth and the Son of God seated on a throne of righteousness promised to His Father David. An eternal kingdom that we now rest in ourselves. We are in the time in between, as it said. The kingdom is now in the church, and it's also not yet. We wait for Christ to come and to fulfill the promise of being the Prince of Peace for the whole world. May we be like Mary and submit ourselves to that promise of God. May we be like Mary and submit ourselves to the desire of God to bring peace. 
And as that song that has become kind of trite says, let there be peace on earth. Let it begin with me. Not because I have the power to bring peace, but because I serve a God who has the power to bring peace. The reconciliation of people to other people, of myself to others, and of others to God. For all things are possible with God. Doesn't have anything to do with hitting a home run or throwing a 57 yard touchdown pass. It's about being available to God to fulfill the Word of God and the hopes and the promises of God, of being God's instruments in the earth, being His people. Being His heart visible to the rest of the world. Being a sign of love and hope and joy. Being the presence of Christ to others. So Mary's words, as Mark Allen Powell said, make her the ideal Christian. May it be so. May it be as you have said. Let it be. Dear ones, I invite you today and every day to submit yourself to the will of God in your life and be an instrument of His peace. Amen and amen.